There are many ways people listen to vision, including through a PC at work. When you fire up your computer at work, go to vision.org.au slash listen and click the Vision or V180 Listen Live buttons. You can also catch the latest Vision National News Bulletin and enjoy a growing range of on-demand podcasts from the same page all while you work. However, and wherever you listen to Vision, you can be sure that the announcers, programs and music will help you look to God daily. Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. When Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, Lazarus had been dead for four days. But Jesus commanded him to come out of the grave. He said, Lazarus, come forth. Now when Lazarus came out of the grave, he was still bound with the grave clothes. Those grave clothes represented the realm of death from which he had come. But now he was alive and these were not appropriate for him in the realm of life. In a similar way, when we come into the newness of life in Christ Jesus, there are certain grave clothes around us. These are behavioural patterns, addictions and ways of living and dealing with problems that characterise our old life. God wants to take us from grave clothes to grace clothes. So often we read exhortations like this in the scripture, put off lying and put on truthfulness. Put off stealing and put on giving. Put off using corrupt language and use your speech to edify others. We could sum all this up with that one phrase, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. This is Set Free with Ken Legg. Hello, thanks for joining us. Phil here along with author and pastor Ken Legg. And this week we've been looking at sanctification, in particular What is God's way of sanctification? And yesterday, Ken shared with us that God's way of holiness always begins with the question of our new creation identity. In a nutshell, sanctification asks the question, who are you? And then says, now go and be that person. Hello, Ken. Hi, Phil. Yeah, that's so true. You know, if you don't know who you are, you can't be that person. A lot of Christian ministry today is trying to reform or retrain the old man that we were in Adam. You know, change this, improve that, try harder here, try different ways, etc. But God doesn't have a program of reformation for our flesh. He's not trying to get us to change in our flesh. He's made us a new creation, and the New Testament way of change is totally different to anything that secular counseling has to offer us. That's a really interesting point. What's the difference between true biblical counseling and secular counseling? What's unique about Christian counseling? Well, first of all, Phil, you've used two terms there that I think are worthy of commenting on, uh, biblical counseling and and Christian counseling. Now, the two are not necessarily synonymous. A Christian counselor may be no more than a Christian who counsels. Uh, They may use the same philosophy or uh, the same procedure, if you like, as a secular counselor. Mm -hmm. And many do, actually. But a biblical counsellor believes in the sufficiency of the Word of God to direct the lives of Christians and believes in the empowering of the Holy Spirit to bring about the change in the Christian's life. Okay, so then in broad terms, then where does the secular and biblical paths separate? Look, I think there are two important truths that distinguish the Christian life from morality. Now, we've been t- talking about the general counsel that's given about ways that we can change our behavior. We call it behavior modification or morality, if you like. The two big differences between that and true biblical counseling is this. First of all, number one, we've been given something. The Christian realizes that they've received something from God. 
this new man that we're exhorted to put on is not something that we've got to manufacture. I'm not going to go away and try to stop being angry or, or to give up this or to change that and so on. I've been given life, his life. You know, Phil, there's, there's one phrase I just really react to when, when it's said to a Christian, and that's the phrase, get a life. <laughs> you know that phrase? We've been given a life. You know, the Bible says that he that has the Son has life, or as it is in the Greek, has the life, the life of Christ. In fact, it's the word zoe, which means a quality of life as possessed by the one who gave it. So we've got a life, okay? We've got Christ's life given to us. So how does that work out? Well, okay, before I was a Christian, I certainly was a very impatient person. Now, am I going to try to modify my flesh, change my flesh or reform my flesh and try to be patient? No, I I realize that Christ is patient and he lives in me. So I've been given patience. So when, when the Bible says, um, work out what God has worked in you, I, by faith in the Son of God, work out and walk out that patience that mm. he has given to me. And that's a big difference to me trying to change something in me. That is like reform the flesh. So, so the first thing is that we've been given something and it's coming to discover what we've received in Christ. Now, the second thing is that the way to deal with the old is to focus on the new. A lot of people don't get this. You know, For example, Paul says, walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. Mm. So what do we do? We go to work on the flesh. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we, fo- we focus on the problems, yeah. the, the things that we've got to deal with. Okay, the flesh, that's my problem. Now, how do I, how do I uh, stop behaving fleshly? Well, we've got this sort of dyslexia when we read this, the Scriptures. You know, we're really back to front. Uh, Paul says, now listen, what I said was walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So the reason that we've found the Christian life is so difficult is because we tend to focus on all the things that we should give up or all the thou shalt nots, etc. Whereas the Bible says, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will make no provision for the flesh. I guess it's so counterintuitive though, Ken. It's so natural for us just to concentrate on our problems, the things that we see that we need to fix, but instead really focus on the Lord Jesus Christ, as, as, as you were saying, and all of those things kind of disappear, you know, but we see it almost as, being preliminary to putting on the new that we've first got to deal with the old. Yeah. Now, here's something that which I, I believe the Lord showed me uh, that helped me to deal with it. You know, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. It's actually a, a description of dress, like you'd put on a garment, mm. okay? Now, let's just say I want to go shopping for a new shirt, okay? Um, this shirt I've got is daggy. It's old. You know, I'm feeling embarrassed about it. You know, how could people... I'm glad you brought that up. Oh, yeah, yeah, well, exactly. You know, how could anybody wear a shirt like this and, you know... Hold their head high. <laughs> okay, so I go to a shop and, and, and I look for another shirt and I see a shirt and I really like the shirt and I think, wow, I'm going to have to try this on and see if it fits me, see if it looks good on me, you know. Mm. So you go into the changing cubicle and you, you, you take off the old and you put on the new. Now, I'm not thinking about the old as I'm taking it off. I'm thinking about putting on the, the new. The new one, yeah. And, and so that's where my focus is. And, and when I've got the new one, I'm looking at myself in the mirror. I'm not thinking about the old. It's crumpled in the corner there. And, and you know, it's kind of like out of my mind altogether. I'm just thinking about the new. And as I'm thinking about putting on the new, I'm taking off the old. And the wonderful thing in that analogy, Ken, of course, is that uh, the price has already been paid. You don't have to pay for that new shirt, so to speak, when you put on his new. That's a good point, Phil. I like that. All right, let's get practical here for a minute. What what does this mean? How do we do it? All right, well, let's say, for example, we read in the Bible, it says, don't let sin reign in your body. Mm -hmm. Okay, so straight away we, we go to war against sin reigning in our body. But Paul actually goes on to say, yield your members as instruments of righteousness under holiness. 
Now, the fact of the matter is that my body cannot be available to two things at once. The members of my body yep. cannot be available to two things at once. So if I'm serving righteousness, I'm just not available for sin. And so instead of going to war against sin, how do I stop doing this and how do I overcome that and so on, I'm giving myself over to this new life that I have in Christ and, and I'm occupied. My body is occupied and, and it's being used for what God wants me to use my body for. guess there's some truth in that old saying that idle hands are the devil's playground. Yeah. Uh, here's another one. Um, you know, a lot of people are crusading against things. They campaign against things. And in fact, some Christians, you know, everything they stand against, but you don't really know what they stand for. Mm. Um, I like the saying, don't fight the darkness, turn the light on. Mm. And it'll Turn flee. the light on and the darkness goes. Yeah. And we're, we're kind of, you know, lobbying this and campaigning against that. There's a point for that. There's a place for that. But really, Christianity is let your light so shine yes. that others will see the difference and be drawn to that. Now, here's another illustration, Phil. There, there was a time, a passage, if you like, in my life when I was very focused on on Satan. You know, it's so-called spiritual warfare. And I, in fact, I found myself talking more to the devil than I was to God. Mm. Um, but now I, I, I hardly ever mention him. I, I ignore him, and that's a great tactic because the Bible says, uh, yeah, resist the devil. But you know what it says before that? Submit to God. Mm. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. And so when we're taken up with God and we're worshipping him and we're talking to him, we're not even conscious of the devil and, and, and he's got no place in our lives. I guess the summary here is that we shouldn't concentrate on putting the old off, but rather putting on the new. Yeah. You know, when uh, winter's over and spring comes along, do we go out into the garden with a bucket and start plucking off all the old leaves from the trees? No. The new leaves pushes those old ones off. And that's how it is in the Christian life. Put on the new and the old will just fall away. Well, that brings us to the end of our series this week. Hope you can join us next week when we start a brand new one. Until then, remember, you don't have to carry that baggage. God wants you to be set free. For books, DVDs, small group studies and other resources from Ken Legg, including the book This Is The Life, which features topics from today's message, Visit the Vision Christian store at vision.org.au That's vision.org.au